0: If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you. Hi everyone, I'm Jason Bellara, and this is the Know Your Why podcast. Uh, Today I've got with me Jesse Fuchsia. Um, Jesse is a military veteran and we're going to talk a little bit about his story and let him kind of go through all the details of... Of sort of what brought him to me today and, and uh, his real estate investing journey. So, Jesse, thanks for being on the show today. How are you doing?
1: I'm great, Jason. Thanks again, brother, for for having me on. We got a uh, linked together through through Jim Biggs' uh, GOB Network, which is an awesome uh, organization. Everything he does for uh, for real estate investors, who you know across the entire spectrum, everybody from the beginner to more experienced. So it's cool that we were able to get linked together in that, and it's it's awesome to be on the show today. I'm pretty excited. So yeah.
0: Absolutely. Well, thanks for being here. Why don't you just go ahead and tell people about you and, you know, kind of your story and uh, we'll, we'll dive into we'll sort of
1: let it go wherever it goes and we'll dive into whatever, whatever we decide. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, again, it's great to be on the show today. I'm Jesse Fuchsia, I'm 25 years old, born and raised in upstate New York. Uh, my daytime uh, W-2 job, and I'll, I'll kind of back up once we get going here, but my daytime W-2 job is I'm a, a U.S. Army Ranger uh, stationed down on Fort Benning, Georgia, which is in Columbus, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, again, growing up kind of in New York State, um, upstate area, um, I always knew I wanted to be in the military growing up and, you know, wanting to serve this country and, uh, and be a patriot and, and stuff like that. So that's always been a huge goal and kind of part of my why and what's kind of gotten me to today. So, but, uh, but again, I, uh, grew up in upstate New York. I went to school up there, um, at SUNY Albany. So basically I, uh, went to school, the army paid for my four years. And then when I graduated from Albany, I, uh, commissioned into the United States army as an officer through what's called ROTC or the reserve officer training corps. So that was an awesome opportunity. It was, it was cool to be a part of the team, uh, in college, even though it wasn't like a sports team or anything, I played sports my whole life, but, uh, the army kind of gave me that aspect of, of being on a team. So that was, that was kind of fulfilling in the, uh, in the college aspect. Um, Once I graduated college, it was like, where do I want to do, uh, or what do I want to do in the army? You know, where, where am I trying to go? And, you know, my mentality of, you know, my entire life has kind of been, I I want to be where the best are um, and, and do what the best do. And uh, that's what kind of drove me towards uh, the U S army Rangers. And I uh, completed the U S army ranger school so 61 days down in Georgia, uh, split between three phases, which is, uh, uh you know, you can imagine pretty challenging physically and also, sure. uh, yeah. mentally. So, uh, that was, uh, an awesome opportunity, yeah. um, a lot of, uh, mental toughness and, and stuff that goes into that, you know, figuring out the type of character that you have and, and the type of person you are. So that was an awesome opportunity. And then, um, also doing things like airborne school, air assault school, mountain warfare school. Um, I've done a bunch of other schools and stuff like that. And then I, uh, like I said, I assessed uh, to be in the 75th Ranger Regiment, which is basically the special operations branch of the U.S. Army Rangers. And and that's kind of where I currently uh, reside today in my W-2 job. Um, but, but yeah, military is a huge part of my life. I've got a lot of respect. There's guys out there in my own organization and other organizations that have done way more than I have I mean I've only been in four years and deployed once but uh but I mean there are, are men and women out there that have deployed double digit times and have done far more for uh, this country than I have but it, it's still obviously a super proud part of my life and it has been a per- huge attribute uh, kind of like to my why and kind of what I mentioned before growing up in New York like obviously uh being from New York State like 9-11 is kind of a a piece of that state's history. And uh, before the uh, last deployment that I went on in in spring of 2020 to the Middle East, it was actually a a super interesting um, kind of story. I I reached out to members of the uh, FDNY, uh, the fire department in New York City, and I actually uh, was able to get a piece of steel rebar uh, from the South Tower of uh, World Trade Center too. So that was something Mm -hmm. kind of interesting. And uh, Yeah. Yeah. Something interesting that I I brought with my, uh, brought with myself on that deployment and kept it in my kit, um, and brought it obviously to the other side of the world. So, you know, when you're, when you're looking at that, why of like the military and stuff like that, it's, it all, it all really branches from that. I mean, when people think in New York, especially like we're going to get into real estate here, but when people think in New York, they probably think of like taxes and they think of, uh, they think of rent control. They think of, uh, uh, tenant friendly laws they think of like, I don't know, probably Andrew Cuomo and, and the, you know, things that he's done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, and all that's true. I'm not saying that that's not true, but uh, uh, you know, I think of New York, I think of like NYPD, I think of like FDNY and the brave men and women who, uh, who served that, that state and who uh, were affected by that day. So that, that's big in my why. I mean, 9 has always been a part of my, my past and has, has driven me to be the best and to be in special ops and, and to be a U.S. army ranger and to, and to carry a piece of the world trade center on myself to the, uh, to the other side of the world, which was, which was, uh, an incredible opportunity. So, uh, but yeah, a lot of challenges there and, and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah, it was a cool opportunity. That's, that's um,
0: phenomenal. I, I mean, and and thank you for your service. Uh, and, and do, I mean, don't sell yourself short. Sure. There's people that have maybe deployed more times, but you're a young guy, you're, you're serving the country. You like you, your story gives me chills and I I'm very inspired. So don't, don't ever apologize for not, or d- don't, don't think you're not there. You're the, like, you're, you're great. So in the, in the, uh, you know, piece of the world trade center, I, I mean, I'm, I'm about 20 years older than you. So I, it, it was a different phase in my life, uh, 9-11 and, and so, but a very impactful, uh, you know, obviously impactful moment for everybody. I'm from Boston. So I'm a, I'm a Northeaster myself. We, we can't, we probably can't uh, be friends over sports teams, but we know the, <laughs> we know the uh, Northeast, you know, sort of, I think that's a similar blue collar mentality. And, you know, just like you said, the FDNY, Absolutely. I mean, we had the, we had the bombing, the Boston Marathon bombing. And it's like, yeah, I don't even know yeah. if you can see that behind me, that top shelf there—that's a—that's a bat that's signed by David Ortiz from the, uh, his famous speech after the Boston Marathon bombing, where he said, "This is oh, our fucking city." Awesome. Like that's that's yeah. so so that stuff. I I completely um, you know share that you know sort of solidarity to to home. I mean, really, it, you know, I live in Los Angeles now, but uh, Boston is is home to me. It always will be home to me, and and I understand you know your your ties to to new york state and all of that so f- for sure um but again thank you for your service um so you you're currently active duty are you and you're in you said in georgia
1: yeah so i again i'm just stationed down here in, in columbus georgia probably like an hour and a half from atlanta okay uh, but but yeah born and raised in upstate new york but yeah currently residing in in west georgia so okay yeah, okay but uh, yeah
0: and As far as, so let's, I actually kind of love the idea to, to coming back to your story again, but, but let's talk a little bit about real estate and sort of what got you started there. And, and uh, you know, you said you want to be the best of the best. And so you're probably looking at everybody who's accomplishing a lot in real estate as am I and sort of setting lofty expectations and goals for yourself. So how did, how does that look for you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So kind of funny how I got into real estate. It was five years ago when I was in college. I was again up in New York. I was ready to move off campus and I was like just looking at the houses and it was like in the student housing niche or whatever. And it was like, man, some of these houses are like garbage. (laughs) Um, Unfortunately owned by what I'd refer to as like a slumlord or someone who just rips money out of the, the property. So you know, I think one of my buddies' dads owned houses, and like I had like super, uh, you know, broad scan of view of how like cash flow works. But like, I, I whatever started researching and started reading books, and then uh, just pitched my dad and pitched a couple of my buddies on on buying up houses um, in the student housing niche of where I went to school. And I was a, uh, you know, at twenty years old, I was house hacking uh, my first house in college. Um, whatever, JV the house with a couple of my buddies, my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, we lived in a couple of the rooms, and then we rented out the other room. So that was that was five years ago, and now today, in, in the student housing niche, we have like ten properties, I think, ranging like sixty to seventy bedrooms um, that we rent by the bedroom yeah. uh, because it's it's student housing. Obviously, nobody's related, um, so we can kind of maximize that NOI by renting by the bedroom as opposed mm-hmm. to like renting by the unit or something like that. Yeah, um, but uh, but yeah, super super interesting. Like I, again, twenty years old, I, I just. Hey, I have got this good idea. Like, wh- what do you guys think? Pitched a couple people. Like, hey, we put some money together, and um, I think something really to harp on is like, when it comes to student housing, is like we take great care of these students, and we have a great relationship with uh, the university. The university loves us. They um, obviously they they don't like slumlords and stuff, and they don't want uh, their students living in you know not safe or not secure or up to code uh, off student off uh, campus housing. So I mean, they love us, even even through COVID and, and stuff like that. I mean, from the day we started, we've never been at less than 100% occupancy, um, and I I mean, we've had probably a, a kid here and there miss a month of rent, but like nothing significant. I would I would right. say we collect like upwards of 95 to 98% of rent. So awesome, yeah, awesome, yes, yeah. It's, yeah it's super interesting how I kind of got started in that, though.
0: Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you know you sort of recognized a need, and you know sought out a solution to go ahead and fix it. I mean, it's that's, and that's what it is. That's what real estate is right. Find, find the opportunity and go and, and take it. And it sounds like you did. And that's uh, impressive to be starting that during college. So, so good for you. I, I often tell people I, so I'm a, a veterinary surgeon and I, that's my, you know, so W2 day job and I work, I train younger people how to do surgery. And so I, I, often talk to them about real estate as well because I I enjoy it and it's interesting but I'm like also because I see at their age the advantage of time same thing with you like when you're starting at 20 you've got a lot of that's that's the one thing I wish I started sooner that's the the one thing it's like I hear
1: that all the time yeah I hear that all the time
0: if you could if I could go back and just I mean because I've always been interested I've always done and I've you know I've done it with with uh you know a single family house flip here and there but to get really serious about it you know back even 10 you know 10 years in time the the amount of progress that you can make is is notable so good for you starting starting off early um and you know you've already got all of these bedrooms and i think you're right you know with student housing it's uh you're renting by the room and you can actually maximize that income and it's it's a a strategy that has seems to be spreading from student housing to even in like in areas like Los Angeles there's people are starting to actually build new construction to then rent that new construction out by the room so it's a strategy that I seem I think a lot of people are looking into that they're, they're sort of pulling over from the student housing side of things so it's a it's definitely an interesting way to to increase your your um ability to drive the income.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's super, uh, like I said, interesting and, and to drive that income, but yeah, we do a lot of value add. I mean, we, we really fixed, I can't stress it enough how much we take good care of these places. And, and it reflects that, you know, you have these landlords out there who are, um, you know, always struggling to get tenants in the house and and we have waiting lists every single month, you know, phones ringing off the hook for for students to get in there and when you're yeah. when you're ripping off the students and you're ripping their security deposits, uh, you know people aren't going to forget that. And we've never we've never put a single dime like I could go off for an hour on this, but we've never put a single dime into like marketing or anything like that. It's it's literally yeah. just word of mouth. People yeah. love the product, the consumer yeah. loves the product, and they tell other consumers. I mean, it's it's that yeah. kind of bottom line easy. And there's no better way. There's no better marketing than a than a walking billboard or however you want to say someone saying that hey this. These guys are really doing it right over here. So yeah, yeah
0: that's how I yeah, kind of the got students are telling each other, "Hey, I love where I live," and they're telling their friends, and everybody's you know kind of getting, uh, you know, by word of mouth. Then you don't necessarily need to. If you've got a waiting list, you don't need to spend the money on marketing. So that's that's fantastic. Um, I, I wanted to kind of maybe try and tie back a little bit of, of some of what you talked about in your you know sort of uh, background. Is, is there, I would imagine there is a relation to the things that you went through training to be an army ranger and all, all your special ops training and, and relating that to the mindset and what it takes to become a real estate investor as well. And maybe you can even give us some examples of what, you know, sort of what you went through in your training that I think probably strengthens your your body as much as your mind and, you know, sort of allows you to then use that, you know, kind of going forward with, with real estate.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if I could, uh, if I could hit on one, like kind of just key sentence and it's mindset, it's why it's, it's everything. It's, it's the core. And it's, it's, if I could sum it up in one sentence, it would be, be willing to do what others are not Um, whether that's in the military or, or real estate. I mean, even, volunteering to go to ranger school and to to jump out of planes and stuff like that there are, there are people that you know will will never accomplish that or or go to ranger school and quit on day one or quit on day two of a right. of a 60-day school of kind of getting basically getting your face kicked in i mean literally 23 hours a day and seven days a week so be be willing to do what others are not and and again, just if I could, you know, harp on a, in my training, I mean, the, the sleep deprivation, the food deprivation, I, I think from like day one of ranger school to like day 60, I, I probably went in at like 200 pounds and I, I probably came out at, at probably like 150 or, or 160. It, it speaks to the level of food deprivation that they, uh, that they put your body through and, and you're probably averaging um, probably about 30 to like 45 minutes of sleep per night. Um, so that really harps on the, the food and, and the sleep deprivation yeah. uh, of that school. And and like, you can imagine the level of once you do that, it's like, hey, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll Makes call, everything else call 100 easy. people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fill in the blank, whatever. I'll yeah. call, call 100 people for uh, to get the next commercial property. Yeah. But, but like,
0: uh, I get to eat and sleep so yeah i'll go ahead and do all this other stuff
1: hey i'm, I'm not uh sleeping in a, like a riverbed tonight when it's like 40 <laughs> degrees out i mean i don't know fill in the blank i've probably done it and yeah. whatever but yeah, uh yeah. but yeah i mean just like if i could you know seven days a week i mean getting your face kicked in and doing that type of stuff and and coming out on the other side it's like hey anything's possible but but yeah like when i military real estate be willing to do what others are not you know you are willing to put in that extra work you know when uh when that you know when you get off work at 5 6 p.m you finish up your w-2 job if it's my w-2 job or if it's training uh people to operate and, and to be surgeons on uh on animals and stuff like that it's like you know who's going home to uh to watch netflix and who's going home to build out that database yeah. build out yeah. that uh those sellers who's going home to hit the books who's going home to to get on a podcast or to uh you know further their knowledge you know i'm curious your thoughts on that but uh but yeah, that that's my biggest thing right there. I mean, that yeah. that hit the count.
0: I think I, I mean I think you're 100 percent right. I, I mean, I haven't <laughs> I haven't gone through uh, any special ops training, um, but even the the it's not it's going to sound silly. It's not nearly as brutal as what you went through. But as when you go through training as a resident and an intern yeah. and things like that to be uh, a specialist, it is similar things where it's like okay, I, I work a day, I'm on call all night. So I'm there all night, work the next, you know, so I mean, s- similar on a smaller scale, <laughs> sleep deprivation, sometimes you don't get any food all day, you know, that kind of thing. And I think that's, that's common to the surgery world, like a, a funny example, not funny, if you're going through it, but a lot of surgeons get kidney stones, because we don't stop and get any water during the day, basically, like you're just working all day. And uh, you can't have sips of water while you're in surgery. And so it's just kind of a a thing. So yes, I I totally agree. Those types of experiences teach you what you can, what you can really endure, right? What, what your body can do, what your mind can do. I haven't slept for, you know, three days, but I still have to go in and do a surgery. You know, you still have to do, you know, some uh, tactical maneuvers and things like that with, with your career. It's, it's, being able to, I think a lot of it is use your mind to kind yeah. of drive through those things and realize that hey, probably it still could be worse, right? Yeah. Like it still could be worse than it is at that moment. And I think you're, you're right on track that it's being willing to do what most people won't do. Yeah. Right. It's, it's just, you know, and again, you're, <laughs> I really hate to use to, to try and Compare what I've done to what you've done oh, because it's not the same level. But
1: I, I love animals. I'm a big dog guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it, it's, I mean, it's true. It's like if it's, it's kind of like the other saying is like if it was easy, everyone would do it, right? And it's the same thing with with real estate investing. You have it's not quick. Like you don't get you don't get rich overnight. It's getting rich slow, right? And it, there's going to be ups and downs. And it's the willingness to say, I'm just going to keep going until it happens. Right. Mm-hmm. And if that takes six months or five years, I'm just going to keep going until it happens. And so I, 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 totally agree. It's like, and you, you know, you're saying you, you put in the work after your W2 job. So it's like, we, I, I record podcasts in the morning before work and I record podcasts out and in just, you know, getting in the numbers and underwriting at night and stuff. And so it, but it is what it is. Cause I see where that can take me. And I know other people are doing it. And I know other people are, you know, people that have, that are successful, it's because they're putting in the work. And it's, it is a sacrifice. And if people don't want to do it, great. That's fine. I, I don't have any, it's not like an ill will thing to people that it's, it's actually better that not everybody wants to do this stuff. Because it's already competitive as it is. So if, absolutely. if every person was willing to do it, then it would be even harder. So it's just kind of, I think uh, just knowing what, you know, knowing what you want. And as you said, you know, and, and again, the name of the podcast, it's, it's knowing why you're doing it.
1: Yeah. You know, no, so, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I would tell people, and uh, I mean, you're hitting the nail on the head, I, you know, whether you're trying to close a property or, or your hunt, hunting for an off-market deal or or you're going to ranger school i mean you just gotta you just gotta clearly define in your mind that nothing is gonna make you quit you're either gonna fail or sorry you're either gonna succeed or you're gonna die but you're you're not gonna quit yeah
0: Yeah. i mean you don't fail until you quit that's another that's another one that i've really i've come across yeah it's a great quote in the sense that like it's true if i just keep trying you know i may have setbacks and negative moments in all of it but if i don't stop trying to do it then i haven't i haven't failed yet so it's just kind of there there's no so yeah i mean i think that's you're right on i mean it's and and again you uh with special ops training and and that stuff i think it's you know you're taking that willingness to do what others aren't to an extreme level i'm not sure that Every person has to go through that just to show that they can be a real estate investor. But I think it it certainly prepares you, and for you, especially at such a young age, you've already experienced that level of sacrifice and drive and things like that. I think it's going to be—it's not going to take you long to put that, you know, work ethic and use those experiences and get uh, even more successful than you already are. I think I think you've got a great foundation. Um, one of the things you also touched on that I, I thought was a really good point when you were talking about the military is, is that team aspect. And so it's uh, a, I, I also played a lot of sports. I, I still play, you know, sort of in rec leagues. I, I play soccer sure. regularly. And so the, I think for a lot of us athletes and, and um, you know, I, th- I think military applies as well in, in terms of that team aspect and camaraderie I also think that applies to real estate I I don't know if you how you feel about that in terms of I know you said you know you went in with your dad on these and and maybe Mm -hmm. some other people so it is not it's not something that is really very doable all on your own in in terms of probably almost I mean sure you can buy like a house and do the house and I've I've done that but I think you know you're point about the the team really applies to real estate at uh, at, at sort of the same level as as athletics and and military
1: yeah no i i agree and the biggest thing and like we can kind of use this as a bridge to talk how i kind of made the transition transition to commercial but i think it it was huge from going from like student housing like mostly residential properties where Mm -hmm. you know really it was just my dad and i and now we're looking at commercial properties like hey like you we cannot do this all ourselves like I, you know if i own strictly acquisition then we need like a strictly guy who works on asset management we need a guy who works strictly with broker uh or, or whatever uh investor relations and and stuff like that but uh but yeah probably probably about six or nine months probably nine months ago i you know just made the decision and i was like you know i, I really want to scale and and do this kind of to a bigger scale and and start researching the commercial uh the commercial market and so like I obviously hit the books I got on a bunch of podcasts um re- you know got into masterminds and stuff like that and just started researching all I could and came across you know commercial multifamily and then what really intrigued me was the lucrative niche of uh affordable housing and mobile home parks um what's what's super interesting about mobile home parks and and I, I don't know what uh your extent of the knowledge of of that asset class but it, it's pretty interesting where about 70 to 80% of the asset class is like owned by its original mom and pop owner from like the seventies and eighties. Um, it's, it's something I would refer to as not very consolidated. Um, it's not, you know, not necessarily owned by large conglomerates. So there's a huge opportunity to go direct to seller, um, and to kind of cut brokers out of the deal by like cold calling and stuff like that. So basically I just started researching as much as I could about that asset class. I mean, you know, before this, like, yeah, I've driven by mobile home parks and stuff like that, but I'm, I'm not going to lie. I've I've never stuck, you know, foot in one, but here I am right. six months ago, um, driving through them. I'm, I'm knocking on doors, like asking them like how, you know, you know, what do you pay here? How does lot rent work? How do you, how does the utilities work and stuff like that? So that was super interesting, but I, I think the best part about mobile home parks and it's, it's an, it's what has that kind of level up on other asset classes is is, is that true ability to go direct to seller. Um, it's not, you know, when you look at commercial real estate, it's like how, how much is unconsolidated like mobile home parks, when you look at multifamily or office or, or retail or stuff like that. So that, 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 that's an awesome opportunity. I love going direct to seller. Um, last December, I started direct mailing, uh, mobile home parks and, um, whatever. I, I sent out like 200 letters. I uh, hand wrote 200 letters, like going back to doing what others will not do. Okay. Who's going to get on the okay. uh, couch for an entire weekend and handwrite write 200 letters uh, from a clamping. current point of view. Uh, uh, <laughs> yep. Probably not the best, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Carpal yeah. tunnel. Or maybe, yeah. It's uh, a lot.
0: It's a lot on the hands. I'm sure. Yeah.
1: Long story short, 200 handwritten personalized letters. And I got one response of a guy who was thinking about selling, uh, I think like two to three years from now. Um, so, so not a huge success. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm, I'm not going to like say this isn't for me again. I'm like, I know there's a, there's a way to do this. So let's pivot. Let's uh, learn from this and, and let's keep going. So yeah. immediately, um, you know, changed from direct mailing, uh, direct to seller and, and started cold calling. And uh, I actually got an off-market deal on my very first cold call, which is probably for everybody listening, highly unlikely, and and don't uh, take that take it don't, with a grain of salt.
0: But don't expect that in your yeah. <laughs> as you're cold calling. But that's fantastic if it happens.
1: Might be uh, referred to as beginner's luck. But long story <laughs> short, even within that first week, I mean, like two, three deals within that month, like four, five, six off-market deals. That obviously, like the sellers, like man, Jesse, it's it's funny you called me, um, whatever, last week, I'm, you know, at the Christmas dinner table uh, with my family, and I'm talking to my children, and they're not interested in in operating this asset. Yeah. Um, you know, um, I'm interested in getting rid of it this year in 2021. Um, I, I think COVID also scared a lot of owners, um, yeah. you know, this baby boomer population that uh, might be concerned about, you know, collecting rents and stuff like that. So, but, but yeah, pivoted to cold calling and in January alone, probably, uh, produced, I would say six off market deals that, um, alone from that produced two LOIs. So, uh, kind of, kind of, uh, an interesting start. And, and, and like I said, I mean, I started researching that in October, November, yeah. um, and, and closed the gap to January like that. So super interesting with that. And, and, um, I'll be honest, you know, every time I submit an LOI, I mean, I'm, I'm getting closer and closer. I mean, I'm always like, uh, man, I should have underwrote like this, or geez, you know, I can improve on A, B, and C. Um, But yeah, I mean, you know, I would tell people out there, and this goes to why and and mindset and everything, like, even if you don't have the the success on the bottom line yet, if you're you're closing that knowledge gap every day, you're progressing. And I'm telling you that you're winning. Like, even when I look at where I was at six months ago, never stepping foot um, in a mobile home park to this week where we're hours away from submitting an offer on 141 lot park that we're like the lead contender for hopefully going to have it tied up before the end of the week. Like, dude, I'm telling you like anything is possible. You just got to put in the consistent work and, and take massive action every single day. So, but that's how I kind of got, I just want to like tell you how I kind of breached into the commercial side and how I kind of gotten started in that for the last like six months or so.
0: But yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's phenomenal progress and I think it's, it it actually brings up a you know a good point in that okay you tried direct mail you sent out all the letters you got one response now you could keep doing direct mail and and you could still keep doing direct mail however you've decided to try another you know uh, all right i'm going to the, the first tool in my toolbox isn't working out great for me i'm going to try this other tool well now i'd say that's a pretty excellent conversion rate in that if you're getting a number of different responses that are positive about selling their asset, and then you're getting to the point of being able to submit LOIs with them and being in contention, you know, sure. Who cares if you haven't, I mean, I know you care if you don't get them, but it's, the point is it hasn't been that long and you're making progress. And every time, you know, a little bit more, and every time you underwrite one of these deals, you're going to be able to, you know, sort of sharpen the pencil, as they say, and, and be a little bit tighter on your numbers. And maybe that means going forward you'll be able to offer a little bit more because you'll feel more comfortable. Or it means you figure out that you just aren't willing to take a bad deal, which is better that you know, no deal is better than a bad deal. And so you're, you know, I think you're 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 right on, you're doing, doing what you need to do, and, and it'll happen. Like I have no I have no doubt that if I bring you back in a year, you'll be like, oh, now I have 500 mobile home <laughs> <laughs> units. And that, you know, I, I, I'm not, I think your success is is as close to guaranteed as it can be. So I, I look forward to seeing what you do. Um, so I, I think, I mean, I think what you're doing in the space is, is great. Uh, I think, you know, you've already got your student housing portfolio sitting there. Um, making making you money, and now you're sort of branching into commercial and uh, just essentially scaling up. So talk a little bit about maybe what uh, do you have a team in place as far as the mobile home parks go? or are you just kind of doing this on your own so far trying to find a deal and then you'll you'll establish the team? what's your what's your strategy?
1: Yeah, so um obviously, I got into the the student housing with my dad. Um, so it's it's basically us and him and I primary. Um, but I've established a team through just being in a mastermind as well. I'm in what's called active duty passive income. It's a real estate investing mastermind of all military guys, so it's really cool to to uh, uh, you know work with those guys and stuff like that. But I've I've worked with uh, I've you know worked with other mobile home park guys in that mastermind, and and they're going to come in on this deal as well. Um, but I, I deal I would say my uh, job on the team I deal solely in acquisition. Okay. keeping the pipeline full and, and, and doing that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love the acquisition side. I, I think people out there are like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm definitely like kind of awkward on the phone. Like I feel like everybody is a little awkward when you're talking to new people cold and like calling is weird.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's cold calling is an uncomfortable thing. It's very hard <laughs> exactly. to just it, because even if you're not awkward or you're co- the person's going to be like, why are you calling me? So yeah. I think it's, it's again, the, you know, sort of the willingness to, push through that awkwardness yeah and i'm sure like every cold call is going to get better you're going to yeah. f- feel you know every time you're going to be like it's a- it's okay most of the people are going to say no that doesn't matter that doesn't deter me i'm going to keep going so uh yeah i think i don't <laughs> i imagine it's not really a you thing in terms of the awkwardness on the phone it's just an awkward process and so yeah. getting getting through it is you know it's just like anything else you just make it happen
1: yeah, I agree. Um, but but yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. It's, it's like an awkward process. People don't like doing it. So it's like, hey, that's something I should do. People don't like doing that. And yeah. and people aren't willing to do that to find deals. Like, hey, you know, I'll do that to find deals. I don't care. I've had, you know, I've had people say a lot worse things to me on the phone than just no. Right. Um, if <laughs> right. they think, uh, you know, if they think they're going to hurt my feelings or, or make me, uh, you know, crawl into my bed and, and cry myself to sleep, uh, I usually just hang up the phone. And I dial the next number and get the next deal. Uh, right. You know, you're not going to, you're not going to hurt my feelings. So, um, yeah. but, but yeah, people don't like cold calling and that's the exact 100% reason why I do it because other people don't like doing it mm-hmm. and they yeah. can, uh, yeah. the deals they don't get, I'll, I'll pick them up. You know, I've got no issue with that. So, but yeah, yeah. I, I, to kind of go back to the team and I, I think the team is so important and everybody says it. And like, I know, I don't want to be cliche and like, you know, beat a dead horse, but like, if you want to go bigger, faster, you need a team in place. You, you need a dude banging the phones every day. You need a dude um, you know talking to investors every day, raising capital. if If you're already in the asset management phase, um, ho- hopefully we will be here within the next month or two, but we we need a dude who solely is dealing with that asset management. Um, yeah. You know, talking to that property manager every day. you know if if it's a park in the northeast, he's lining up, obviously snow removal uh trash you know whatever cutting the grass i mean i mean everything but but yeah you know if you i know it's cliche if you want to go bigger faster and not you can kind of get away with it i think a little bit in the residential side and we definitely get away with it a little bit in the student housing but with this commercial mobile home parks especially with this 141 lot like now like we need we need guys like solely dedicated to asset management and guys solely dedicated to whatever raising capital and and acquisition and stuff like that. I I think people out there who try to you know do everything themselves or you're going to struggle and and worse than that you're just going to go way slower. What what you could have accomplished in a year will take you two years or, or three years or something like that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on that on on kind of going bigger and, and growing that team though.
0: Oh, I, I mean, I think you're you're 100 right, and and it's it's actually something that you know sort of I've I struggled with definitely initially myself in the sense that I I've always kind of been a do-it-yourself guy so it's like I you know I I I basically I've done a lot of construction things so it's like I can remodel an entire house by myself it's probably not the best use of my time it's not easy to do it by myself and it's like as you but you can do it if it's just a house one single house but yeah when you get into the flipping that you know sort of mindset into it's just I don't care how you know how willing you are to do things other people won't do there there just isn't enough time in the day even if you don't sleep to do everything yourself so it definitely uh it does it's it's virtually impossible with without a team around you and and like you said there's the sort of lanes that people sit in with the acquisitions and the, um, you know, capital raising and, and asset management and underwriting all of that. And maybe you can do a couple of the lanes in the beginning and someone else can do a couple, but yeah, it's, it's definitely something that as you grow in scale, you're going to, you're going to need other people, maybe even two people in acquisitions or three, you know, just depending on, how, cause you need the, you need deals and you need money. Right. So those, those two, Areas are probably where you're going to need, you know, multiple people in those positions earlier in the game, I think is probably, you know, you may not need, if you have third party management, do you need a bunch of guys working on asset management, probably not, but you, you want to keep the deal flow and you, you need to keep, you know, capital coming. So it's kind of, I think those are probably what it seems like most people focus on and grow first within each, you know, company.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. And, and to kind of caveat off that, some so another way I think of it, and I had this conversation with my dad just last night, it's like, and I've been there where you're remodeling the kitchen and you're you're doing like student housing. We do a lot of the work ourselves. And that's why I said it wasn't super scalable in the beginning and, and stuff like that. I, I think that by building a team and, and scaling to larger, it allows you to stop doing the like 10 cents an hour tasks or the $2 an hour tasks of, of tiling and and painting and and whatnot and it allows you to focus on the thousand dollar an hour tasks or the ten thousand dollar an hour tasks Uh, you know when you talk about multiplying capital and scaling to larger and larger assets like i i want a team you know i want the main team members focused you know doing everything they can to push the ball forward on those ten thousand dollar an hour tasks you know But, but i think that's i think that's so crucial and kind of another way to look at it too
0: yeah, no, absolutely. I think that the the team is key. It's it's you know, like I said, going back to going back to sports or military, it's this is stuff that you just you can't, it's it's not a, a single person event. You know, it's not there's there's just no way, there's just no way around it to do it without even if you're you know, even if you're a track athlete and you're competing as in a single person event, you still got coaches and, and trainers. Sure. And there are still People, other people that contribute to your success. So it's just kind of uh, knowing how to how to build that team, and if you if you aim to scale, I think it's it's very crucial.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um,
0: Jesse, what? Tell me. Um, we we talked a little bit about. We sort of talked a lot about, but like I said, the the podcast is called Know Your Why, and so I think it's interesting to me. That's been When I listen to other podcasts and I hear, you know, people uh, at conferences and and things like that, what they, what drives them makes a big difference, right? So I think there's, because I think from the outside looking in, people think everybody just wants to get rich, but I don't think that's enough of a why, right? That's not enough. It's nice, like it's nice to have money so that you have freedom, but it's not, it's not generally enough of a reason to go through it all because it isn't easy. Um, and so you're young, a lot younger, I think, than a lot of investors uh, in in terms of, you know, sort of really getting serious about it. So like for me, my wife is my son. My son was born and it was like, oh yeah, this, I really need, I need the time. It wasn't even, it's not even about the money. It's like, I need something that provides me time to spend with him. Whereas, you know, doing surgery as much as I love it, I can't play with him in the OR. Like it just doesn't, it doesn't work. So tell me, you know, sort of for you, what what drives you, you know, what, I guess we know from your background, what drives you, what's your vision of the future look like?
1: Yeah, I mean, the... The future, you know, the 30 year old Jesse Fuchsia, or, or five years from now, is cash flowing, uh, you know, six figures a month. Um, I, you know, again, the goal isn't necessarily money or anything like that. But I think, I think one of the awesome parts, and you already talked about it and why, is I think kind of to, to also hit on it is the freedom that it provides you. I mean, right. to just, hey, you know, whatever, I'm, I'm going to stay home with my kid today, you know, he's sick, I don't have to, you know, go into and, and do work or, or whatever. But I, I think the freedom of, of when I look at like, hey, what what's like the base here, you know, of the real estate, really, it's just the freedom that it provides you of being able to do whatever you want um, to provide for your family or to go on vacation or to you know, I I don't want to, and I'm curious, and again, you're, you're already a dad. I, I, my goal is to be a dad here. I'm, I'm married, uh, my wife Mallory, but we want to be parents here within the next year. Uh, you know, I don't want to be the dad that is, is missing the games. Like that was an awesome part like that. You know, I, my dad's my business partner now, but like my best memories are like him coming to my wrestling matches or my lacrosse games. Like, and I'm sure you want to share that with your son too. Yeah. Um, but like that—that exactly that freedom. Yeah, that freedom to be like, hey, I you know I love the military, but like I don't want to have kids and be gone like nine months of the year. Like I want to be the right. dad that doesn't miss a single like game from the from the first game to the last game, however long they play, wherever they go. Yeah. You know, everybody wants. I'm, I'm going to say when he's playing baseball for the New York Yankees. You probably want your son to play for the, for the, that team. For the Red the Sox. Yeah, I know.
0: Um, <laughs> that that well, team that you won't, you don't want to mention.
1: Yeah, <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, like freedom and, and just being the, the dad that never misses the games. So if I could sum it up like that, but that that's the future, Jesse, you know? Yeah. There's like, I'm attaching a number to it, but, uh, but, but really it's it, the base of it is, is the freedom um to be the dad that that never misses games but when i one, one last thing i kind of wanted to hit on and i think it's something also important and it, it just wraps and, and kind of ties everything up and when i look at uh in my own career and, and not only the military but in real estate like i something i was thinking about just today getting ready uh you know for us to talk tonight i was like you know you know why do people quit you know wh- what what's the base reason of people quitting and it's like so awesome that i got to come on the show and talk to you today because I truly believe that the number one reason, if you could put one word on, on why people quit it, it's why it, it, their, why wasn't strong enough or, or, it, you know, it wasn't deep enough inside them or, or whatever, if that's real estate, if that's military, if that's sports or, or whatever, and it, it just goes to show the why is just, you cannot, it's priceless. I mean, it's, it's literally, you can't go anywhere else until you have that why established. And I, I truly believe that it. it is the number one reason if I, you know, I'm not a psychologist, but it's the, it's the reason why people quit. Yeah. It's, it's because they don't have a strong enough why, but, but yeah, that, that's the future Jesse. And that's, uh, yeah, that was just something I thought of. I, I kind of wanted to share, like wrapping things up tonight about, uh, what I was thinking about all day and, and just pumped to come on the show with you. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think you're
0: hundred percent right. I think it's, it, it's just, uh, it, it, your why gives you the, the, the ability to push through on those hard days because yeah. there's going to be hard days and there's going to be disappointment and there's going to be, you know, times where it doesn't go your way. And it's like, you hear the stories about people that had, you know, sort of major losses in real estate and then just kept going. And I think the other thing to me about the why is that I actually think, you know, if, if you're talking about from uh, attracting investors and in, in capital raising and things like that, I think a lot of times, it's that why that brings people to you to invest in your deals. Right. So it's like, I think a good, good example of this is, you know, uh, who Whitney Sewell is. Oh yeah, absolutely. I listen yeah, to his, his podcast is, is phenomenal. Yeah. But when I started listening to him, his on his podcast at the end, it's like we give 50% of our profits to families trying to, yeah, to adopt children. And I'm like, I don't, even need, I don't need to hear any more. I want to invest with him, right? It's like, here's someone. And so that, that is a big part of us with Lark Capital is like to, to give back, right? It's like, I, I think you talked about putting a number on it. I think the number gives you a, a tangible objective thing to look at yeah. As, as to a place you're trying to get. And then you can kind of figure out what that means. You know what I mean? Like, okay, if I'm getting six figures in passive income every month, I probably don't need to spend six figures in passive income every month, but, but imagine what I can do with that, right? Like imagine how many people I can help, how much, you know, how, how, you know, aside from just the setting up your own family with, you know, sort of a legacy, you have that ability to impact those around you, you know? So I think it's just, uh, I think the, the money is, it's a tool, it's a tool to what, and and you deserve to take advantage of your hard work and have things uh, that you want. You know, for for us in our in our life, it's more of a like experiences is what I love. You know, so much as to having items. <laughs> I, you know what I mean? It's not the yeah. the material side. It's just like sure. like you said, like being able to. If you want to, you want to be at your kids every game. You want to be able to, you know, go on vacations with them. Have big experiences. To me, that's that's where it comes from. And so I think, uh, I think you and your wife will, you know, you're you're already looking at it before the the kids even get here. That's I can tell you from firsthand experience. That's the time to do it because once they're here, you want to spend time with them. So yeah, it's going to get busy. I'm sure yeah. my life will get way busier. Yes, it does. It does. Uh, it, In a good way. It does. It does impact your time in a good way. So it's uh great that you're, you know, sort of looking out at all of that, you know, kind of in advance. Um, Jesse, tell me something that you want listeners to know about you. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be real estate invested. Just, you know, sometimes I think it's some uh, uh a hobby some guilty pleasure or something some just something goofy that you know gets
1: people to to know you what what do you have uh what would you like to share um i am an avid this is this is kind of this isn't crazy or anything but whatever i i go bowling once a week i'm, I'm in a bowling league um I, I love smashing the pins um i have my own ball and stuff like that i don't know probably oh, not many guys out there yeah but uh maybe not like a goofy thing but i don't know it's just like time to get away with the the guys and we're like hey let's go smash some pins. <laughs> Do,
0: you know who mookie know. betts is right yeah i know who he is yeah so he was like well he's on the dodgers now so yeah, just, he, but he, he was with the part. red sox he's like maybe better at bowling than he is at
1: baseball like no that's way his i thing. did not know this yeah is
0: he's it? like a huge bowler which is pretty fun he puts on like benefit charity type bowling events all the time yeah, he's, no he's yeah, he is a phenomenal bowler. That's like a, a very funny thing they used to talk about uh, about him in Boston all the time. It's like in the off season, he doesn't practice baseball. He's he's bowling. So it's, that's funny. That's, it's you're okay. not alone. You're not alone in that. But it, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a funny. Uh, I, I'm terrible at it, but I think it's okay. it's impressive when people are good at that. If I'm ever on the West Coast, we'll go. That's right. That'd be fine. That'd be fine. Um, how would you like people to reach you? Is there a, a best way to get a hold of you?
1: Yeah, I mean, just hit me up on LinkedIn. Um, that's what I like. I eat, breathe, sleep, LinkedIn. I'm, I'm on there all day long. So, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure my name will be in the show notes or, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, we'll my have
0: whatever you, kind of you'll send fun. me, whatever links, we'll get it all in there. Um, and so everybody will have, you know, however you want them to reach out to you. To, yeah. uh, do you have a website? I, networking. Or anything like that? I mean, just
1: direct message me or, or however you can. I, I love to get on a phone call with, with anybody and everyone, even if it's not real estate related, I'm always down okay. to network and stuff like that. So
0: perfect. Um, and I guess just one, one last question uh, before we wrap up, Jesse, is there anything that I or anyone listening can do to help you forward your business? Uh, you know, is there something that, that you need
1: that you would like to put out there uh, that we all can help? Um, you know, nothing, nothing in particular, Jason. I mean, I, I, I love what you're doing here with the podcast and, and stuff like that. I mean, I, am a huge believer in, in that steel sharpened steel. So anytime I can get on the the radio or, you know, whatever a call or podcast or anything like this, and I can talk to another dude who's, who's out there trying to get after like me, I, I appreciate everything that you do. And, and yeah, man, it, it was just great to get on the phone with you and to talk and to, and stuff like that. But I love talking to other real estate investors. So. Like, but yeah man, I, I love what you're doing. Keep keep up the podcast. It was it was a blast coming on here. And I yeah. like I said, you already hit it. But I'm I'm coming back a year from now, and it's gonna be a uh, there's gonna be a lot more to talk about. I'm I excited. have no doubt.
0: Sorry, there's a the landscaper just showed up, so there's like a leaf blower going by at the moment. No, no you're good. Uh, it's probably, probably probably our signal to wrap it up, so we don't have to scream over the leaf blower. But um, Jesse. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate you coming on. Uh, I love hearing your story. Um, everything is, is very inspiring, very impressive. Uh, again, thank you for your service to our country. Uh, you're, you're a very uh, inspirational guy. So I, I look forward to keeping in touch and definitely look forward to having you back on and hearing all the big things that, that are to come for you.
1: Absolutely, Jason. Thanks again, brother. It was a blast. I, I have, This is a huge part, mindset, why it's super important. Again, I I had a blast tonight, brother. Thanks for having me on. Go Yankees. God bless America. You're (laughs) the man, Jason. Appreciate it, brother. All right.
0: Take it easy.